Good morning and Happy New Year. I know it's been said already, but uh, I want to say it again. There's something about that declaration, Happy New Year, um, that's uh, I don't want us to miss because it's like you're saying, hey, by faith, we're, I'm, I'm hoping that you have a really good year next year. Happy New Year. And for a lot of people, 2022 was a happy year. I mean, especially after that train wreck of 2020. Y'all remember that one? So 2022 for many people was a happy new year. It was a happy year. They did great. and it was, it was just a lot of fun. A lot of great things went their way. And for some, it was a little difficult of a time of year. And for some, it was an unbearable time of the year. I know that everybody here has probably a different story. In fact, for us, we lost one of our family members here at Living Water. John Hanna passed away uh, this week. And uh, man, it was, uh, for me, even more difficult because we go back to 1995 together um, for those of you who don't know John, didn't know him, he was a truck driver for Walmart, and he's the sole reason why every time I was driving down the highway, I came up on an 18-wheeler of Walmart, um, I looked to see if John was driving it, because there's a good chance I'd see him, and it was almost like he knew all the vehicles, because if I did see him, he was grinning and waving at me like he'd saw me before I was looking for him. Um, he also would make me very nervous, because he went through my hometown of Mangum a lot, delivering to Hobart, and he'd always come back and say, I met some people that know you in Mangum, and I'm like... What did they say? <laughs> no, better yet, what did you ask them, John? So uh, we'll be greatly, greatly missed. We'll have his service celebrating his life, honoring his life this Saturday if you want to come. Uh, John loved this church, and there are many of you like me that go way back uh, with John. So be, be sure and pray for the Hannah family, uh, for Joanne, and I appreciate her being here this morning. Uh, that's, that's a big thing. And I appreciate you being here this morning to ring in a new year by putting God first, by being in his house. Um, it's good to be here today. Amen? So I want you to consider something for a moment. Just imagine that when you woke up, you looked at your bank app on your phone, and you noticed that there was a, 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 a deposit made to your account for $1,440. You're like, cool. And you get a note from your bank, hey, this is going to happen every day for the rest of the year. $1,440 every day. You're like, that's a pretty cool deal, right? Well, here's the catch. The catch is that... That money goes away um, at the end of the night, every night. It goes back to zero. It's debited for $1,440. Also, you can't roll it over to the next day. I mean, just what's in the account today is all that you got. So I'm asking you a question. How would you spend that money? Hopefully, you would spend it wisely. Hopefully, you would be intentional in saying, hey, I've only got a limited amount of time to draw from this bank account, so I want to use it up wisely. I want to make sure, like, I mean, it's six fifty nine. it goes away at 7. I mean, I'm going to spend some money somewhere, right? Well, the reality is, is every one of us has a bank, except that bank is not called Happy State or a People's Federal Credit Union or whatever bank. No offense to the bankers in the room. There's too many of you to kind of call out. But this bank that we all have is called the Bank of Life or the Bank of Time, T-I-M-E. And every morning or every day, we are credited into our account 1,440 minutes of time. Everybody's the same. And every day, it happens over and over again, right? Every day. As long as you wake up, you get that same opportunity of 1,440 minutes. Now, I know we need to sleep. Some of you probably sleep longer, but the average sleep for us is eight hours. There's 480 minutes gone from that 1,440, so it leaves us with 960 minutes in the day, and like the little illustration, it doesn't roll over. Wouldn't that be cool, right, if we had rollover minutes? Um, it doesn't roll over. You can't borrow time from other people. You can't save time for a rainy day at the end of life. Go, hey, wait, hold up. I, by my records, I've got like 56 days left over, kind of like you would at a job, right, vacation time, sick leave. Well, the time um, that we have every day is 
just limited to what's in that account for the day. The question is, how will you spend it? As we begin a new year, 2023, I want you to consider that for a moment as we look into Ephesians chapter 5 this morning. I have one goal. I actually have two goals. Um, we're going to read three verses. Very simple message today. But the title of the message is just simply Redeem the Time. Redeem the time, and my goal is, hopefully, that by the end of this message, each one of us individually will have a better appreciation for the time that we've been given. I think we take it for granted, don't we? But that each one of us would have a better appreciation of just how fragile time is and the time that we've been given, and also, secondly, that each one of us might consider, as we look at New Year's resolutions or turning over a new leaf, a brand new year, a chance to start again, that maybe, just maybe, we might make a plan to use that time more wisely. So, a few observations of time. First off, is it's limited. All of us agree with that, isn't it? Our time is limited. You don't get more than other people. Each one of us have the exact amount of time every day. You know, we're limited in the amount of time collectively on this earth that we will be here, but as it relates to time, just daily, it's limited. You only get so much. You can't go get a loan for more. You can't hoard it up. You know, some people said time is money. You heard that phrase? I would say that's 100% wrong. And here's why. If you lose money, you can always get more money back. You you can add to your money more money, right? You can just kind of accumulate more and more. But with time, it's, it's gone, you know, once it's gone. So time is not money. Time is much more precious than uh, money. So it's limited. It's fleeting or it's passing away. Um, time never takes time off. It's fleeting. In fact, it's the, you know, it's for years in a cemetery on a tombstone, you would see a dash between two dates. The first date is a definitive day that you were born, and the other date is the day that you pass away from this life here on this earth. And that little dash in between those two dates is your life. That's your time. And that time is fleeting. I had to um, I remind myself every once in a while, you know, the scriptures say that he gives us 70 years or maybe 80 with good health. And I look at myself at 52, and I'm like, woo! Time's flying. Amen? So it's limited, it's fleeting, and I would say it's very valuable. In fact, it's very important. And uh, because it's very important and because it's limited and because it's fleeting, I think that we should be very careful how we steward this thing called time. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, as I said, we'll look at three verses today. Paul starts by saying, so be careful how you live, or watch your walk. See how you walk circumspectly. I don't remember how the King James puts it, but um, uh, be careful how you live. And he says, don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Paul writes this letter from prison. Um, There's five, no, excuse me, four letters that he wrote during his first imprisonment in Rome. He wrote Philippians, Philemon, uh, Colossians, and Ephesians, this one that we're reading today. And from prison, if you read the overview of this book, it's like Paul sees something that not everybody else is seeing. He's looking at the believers and he's like, you guys don't get it. You don't really realize just how blessed you are. And so he begins to unpack that in chapters 1, 2, and 3, talking about their spiritual blessings. He's like, man, you guys are spiritually rich, but you're living like paupers. 
You're living like beggars. He goes, you're so rich, and it's like you don't even understand or know it. And so chapters 1, 2, and 3 begins to tell them that they're adopted, they're accepted, they're redeemed, they're forgiven. And then he says they've been given wisdom, uh, the seal of the Holy Spirit. They've been given life. They've been given grace. They've been given citizenship. It's like if their heavenly bank account were there in front of them, it is like overwhelmingly full of all of the great things that come from placing their faith in Jesus Christ. That's rich, amen? And so chapters 4 through 6, he begins to unpack for them what it looks like to live a life that's in keeping with the good news of who we are in Christ and what he's done. He's like, hey, I want to show you how to walk now as people who are spiritually rich. They learn a spiritual walk that's rooted in their spiritual health. And so he begins in chapter 4 to talk about unity in the church, how important unity is and how God has put us together and given us certain gifts and how it should flow together in unity for the betterment of the complete church. And by church, I don't mean the building, but I mean the, the body of Christ that is every believer across the globe. We are the body of Christ. And then he talks about holiness in our own life. He talks about putting off the old man, putting on the new man. He talks about um, don't grieve the Holy Spirit, walk as children of the light. And he says be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he transitions to what that might look like in relationships and our responsibilities in the home and at work. He talks about relationships with the husbands and wives and children. And it says slaves and masters, but we understand that to be, in our culture today, the work environment. And so throughout this book, he's laying out what it looks like to, to walk it out to a people who have been blessed immensely by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we get to this verse in 15. He says, so be careful. The word be careful, there's an imperative in the Greek. It means it's a command. He's like, hey, be careful. Take care. Be very attentive to the way you live your life. You might say, live carefully. How many of you know the way we live our lives matter today? That, that we're not put on this earth just to go through the motions that we, like the first readers, like Paul is, is, is bringing this to their light, we should also know that through the gospel we are blessed immensely. And that because we are blessed immensely, it's like, hey, we shouldn't be walking around aimlessly like we don't have a clue what God's got going on or his purposes for our life, but instead we should walk around like people who know that God's got a plan and we're in on the plan and we're walking our life accordingly, amen? And so he breaks it down and says, hey, you need to be careful how you live. And he says, don't live like fools. That's asophos, and the word sophia means wisdom, and so it's a lack of collective knowledge. There are plenty of people on the, on the planet that have a lack of collective knowledge when it comes to God, the gospel, his works, or his plan for their life. Amen? If you place your faith in Christ, you're not one of them. But you can live your life in such a way that you're walking around like the fools who don't have that accumulated knowledge. Like, you just have no clue what life's all about. I, I want you to know that God is pretty clear in his word. He lays out his purpose for us and those that place our faith in him, and so Paul says, hey, be careful how you live. Don't be like the fools who don't know. They're not in on God's plan, but live like those who are wise. Now, how do we do that? How can we live wise um, in 2023? Verse 16, and I think this is where I'm going to drill down the most, is one verse. It says, make the most of every opportunity. Some of your translations say that. Um, some of them will say, what, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Making the most of every opportunity. Now, when you read that on its surface, especially in the New Living Translation and others use the same thing, you might say, well, what does it mean to make the most of every opportunity? Can I just tell you, church, not, not that every opportunity that comes your way is not a great opportunity. 
I mean, an opportunity can come your way, and it may not be the best thing financially for you. Wrong time, wrong people. And he's not saying to make the most of that opportunity. What does he mean by make the most of every opportunity? Well, King James uses the word redeeming the time. What does redeeming mean? So the word redeeming um, is exagarazo, and it simply means to buy up, to cash in. And I like this one, to convert. So think about for a moment, I get these coupons all the time in the mail from Home Depot, Lowe's, or the Boot Barn, or uh, Northern Tools, and they just come in the mail, and it's this little cardstock thing. Hey, um, if you'll spend 100 bucks, you'll get $20 off. Oh, oh, oh. I, love, I love when those come in the house. I hide them from my wife. I tuck them in my wallet for a rainy day. And by rainy day, I mean when I want something that I see. And so the cool thing about that is that paper in and of itself doesn't have any value, but it can be traded in, Amen. It could be converted to a discount. When I go to the counter, they say, hey, that's 100 bucks. Hold up. I pull this thing out of my wallet, and this little piece of paper, they go, oh, now it's worth 80 bucks. That's what to redeem means, to cash in, to buy up, or to convert. And so he says, as it relates to time, T-I-M-E, that we should redeem, buy up, or convert time, an appointed time or a moment of opportunity. And so he says, Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Redeem the time. I want you to think about 2023 and all the New Year's resolutions that we come up with. I don't do them anymore because I'm tired of failing. It's a joke. Probably you are as well. But the reality is, is you know, this is the time of the year that we focus on those things. We're like, man, what can I do differently in 2023? I need to change my life. I'm tired of the way things were in 2022, so I'm going to be more intentional in 23, and I'm going to just hit the road, you know, ground running. It's going to be different this year. And we get about a month into it or two months into it, and we find ourselves failing again. So I don't do them. I don't do them. But I think this is something worthy of us as followers of Christ to just consider. As I said, my goal was that we would have a, a better appreciation of the time of how precious and how limited and how fleeting it is, and that we'd understand truly what it means to just redeem that time. As I said a moment, 1,440 minutes minus the sleep time, when you wake up, every one of us have somewhere around 960 minutes to facilitate, to manage, to steward when we wake up. How will we do it? What does it look like to steward the time or to buy it back or to convert it to something of value? I want to give you four suggestions, areas that I think would be great for us to focus on, not as a list of to-dos for 2023, but just something to really consider. What could possibly be worth converting my schedule, my time into that's more valuable than what I'm doing right now? Chances are there's a lot of things on our plate that we're doing that are not valuable. We're just doing it. We're just going through the motions. We've got all these schedules. We're doing things. So how do we convert that time? We don't get any extra time. It doesn't roll over. But how do we take that time and say, all right, I want to convert this time into something that is of more value? The first area I think is extremely important is more time with God. Now, no, Shane, of course you're going to say that. You're the preacher. And that's the church answer. But I just want you to know that it's the most important thing that we can do side place in our faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ is that time with God. Now, I know if you're wired like me, my life is crazy, and I have a hard time staying on task with that kind of thing. But here's the thing. God's worthy of our time, and he shouldn't have to compete for it. Amen? There's so many things that go on. It's like, of all the things that I could engage in and be focused on in the morning or as a part of my day, part of that allotment of time to 
to convert that time into something of value. I can't think of many more things more valuable than spending time with God. Like, hey, you know what? I just need to spend a little bit more time with the Lord. Now, some people are like, go big or go home, and so they jump in this big old, big old, overwhelming type of a plan, and they fail in a day or two, and it gets discouraging. Like, well, I did it again, but what does that look like? How can we spend more time? Well, if you love someone, you're going to spend some time with them, right? And as I said, he shouldn't have to compete for our time. We, we covered this like two weeks ago when we looked at that passage in Deuteronomy, the Shema, where he says, Israel, the Lord God is the only God, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and all of your strength. Man, to love God, to spend time with God. I, I'm going to give you a suggestion this morning. I, I was sharing with my wife that, um, man, this is how easy it is for us in 2023. How many of you on your phone right now have um, the Bible app? You probably open up and read from it. You know how cool it is? Because, see, the, here's the way I think. I get up in the morning and i got so many things to do and i just got to get going. So if I can have quiet time before I get going, that's the optimal, and that's the best way, but there's going to be times when I'm just in a hurry and I get up and I go, and I'm like, ah, I missed it. My Bible's back home. Guess what? We have it on our phone now, and, and the, the makers of the version have done a really cool deal for us because they've given us each this ability to say, you know what? I want to read through the Bible in a year, and, and, and while I might forget my Bible, hey, listen, it's on your phone. You can select a plan, and it says, hey, on this day, read these. You're like, man, I'm driving down the road. I can't read. It's kind of illegal and dangerous. And like, hey, there's a play button. It'll read it to you, church. How cool is that? I don't have time for time alone with God. Yeah, we do. And here's what I know about this. Look, I'm the world's worst about this. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't know how to explain it. But I've seen God redeem the time when I've given him the first fruits. When I've said, God, I want to give you the first fruits of my day. I've got an eight-hour day, and I've got so many things to do. But I'm going to stop, and I'm going to be obedient, and I'm going to honor you first by giving you the first 10 minutes, 15 minutes. It's like God in heaven says, okay, I got you. I got you. You know that busy, crazy schedule you got? I'm just going to let it flow. It's going to be the easiest day you've ever had. And you're at noon going, whoa, I'm already done with all the tasks. And it's like the, the, the clock slowed down. Has anybody else ever felt that? Here's the cool thing. When we, when we exchange or when we convert that time, we, we make it a priority and convert that time and give it to God of something of value, he does the same thing on his end. He redeems our time, and he just makes things work better. I can't explain it. I've just seen it in my own life. It's the same thing with tithing. I don't understand how he does it, but he does. He's God, and I'm not. And so maybe we consider, you know what, there's just a limited amount of time that's something of great value. Maybe I need to consider how I might be able to spend a little bit more time with the Lord. Hey, I would do this, encourage you. Um, if you've got my phone number, and a lot of you in the church do, um, text me. Hey, Shane, invite me to that plan you're reading, and we'll read it together. You're like, I don't have your cell phone number. <laughs> Sucker, sorry, you don't have it. Not playing. Everybody shares it. It's not, I almost said it from the pulpit. Here it is. Y'all do it. But uh, message us. Reach out on Facebook or email us or just catch us after church. Put it on a card. Let us know. Like, hey, I would like to be included in this. Let's read through the Bible together, church. How powerful would that be collectively to just get into God's Word every morning so that when we're meeting each other throughout the week, you're like, hey, isn't it cool we read this this week? And you, everybody read it? Yeah, this is awesome. Was that... Do you feel guilty that way or do you feel like conspired? Hopefully inspired, right? I don't want to browbeat, make you feel bad, but I just want you to understand how valuable our time alone with God is. All the church said? Okay. So another area is, and this is a big one, more time with family. More time on family. 
Man, um, if there was one good thing that came out of 2022, the pandemic, the, the lockdowns, was that we were halted from all of our busy activity, and we were spending a lot of time with each other, family. And you found out whether you really liked each other or not. We're in a, a really cool season um, of life, Rachel and I are. Uh, all the kids are grown up and out, except for Hannah, and we're hoping that that'll happen pretty soon as well. But <clears throat> for those of us that, um, you understand where I'm coming, I, I've got my girlfriend back. It's awesome. You know, 30 plus years, and it's like, I got this girlfriend again. And here's the thing, though. Years ago, I was worried because I'd seen this happen in family and in other relationships. People was like, you know what? We've been married for whatever years, and we were just committed to one another because of the children. And we just held on because of the children. But once the children got old enough and were out of the house, they looked at each other like, I don't even like you anymore, and they divorce. And I remember years ago, that convicted me hard. I'm like, you know, I don't want to be that guy to go this long only to get to the end and say, you know what, we don't have anything in common, and we split our ways. And so years ago, we just made this habit of having a regular date night as husband and wife, even with all the kids. We just brought a sitter. Um, Kim Gomez came over and babysat the kids, and Rachel and I would go on a little date. And we didn't have a lot of money. You don't need a lot of money, but we would go on this date, and we had two rules. You can't talk about kids, and you can't talk about work. And, y'all, we looked silly at first when we started that because everything was about kids and work. And so we'd sit down and we'd look at each other and you're like, hey, you know what? Uh, never mind, I can't talk about that. Or hey, so you know, uh, Tanner, had, no, no, I'm sorry, we can't talk about that. This is me and you time right now. And what we were doing way back then was, listen, we were converting that time to something of value. We weren't taking it for granted. We're like, hey, listen, there's only a limited amount of time that we can get this done. So Rachel and I were intentional early on at converting that time to something of value, investing in one another. And the fruit of it is what I just mentioned a moment ago. I love Love this season of life that we're in today because we valued it way back when. Are you following me? Listen, there are people in this world today, they say, I love my family, that's why I work so hard. I want to give them the life that I never had. It's cool, I get it. I was raised dirt poor. But I'm going to tell you, the best way to spell love to your family is not with money, but it's T-I-M-E. The best way to spell love to your family is to be there. And you know, the kid that one day came up to his dad and he said, Dad, how much do you make in a day? And the dad told him and he pulls money out of his pocket and he says, can I have you for the day? They, they, they need our presence. Our family needs our presence. Husbands, wives, kids, that is something that one day, I don't think we'll be on our deathbed one day and regret not having worked more. Like, man, I wish I'd have spent more time at the office, Right? I wish I'd have spent more time doing the things that I want to do and just completely neglecting the family. No, no, we're all going to think, man, I wish I would have invested more in the family. And so as we consider redeeming the time, converting that time to something of value, be intentional with the family. It's like when you come home from work, you're like, check out, I'm done, it's family time. I see that in my oldest son, and it makes me super proud as a dad, his ability to just say, you know what, phone's down, kids, it's all about the kids right now and the family, and that, that's what I'm talking about. It's pretty cool. But say, so, you know what, this is something I value, and this time is precious, and it's fleeting, and it's fading, and it's, it's so valuable to me. I want to convert that time to something that has got some great value. So time with family is another area that I think that I would challenge us with. How about work? <laughs> Since we're spending 480 minutes there, we probably shouldn't ignore it as well. So conveniently across the page from it, we have it, you know, Paul addresses this in chapter 6, verse 5. He says, slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. And again, I said this is, you know, can be converted easily to employee employers. Listen to what it says. Serve them sincerely 
as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. I see this sometimes, employees doing their thing, and it says, you know, when the cat's away, the mice will play. You heard that phrase? And like when the boss is there, they're awesome. When the boss is not there, it's just like whatever they want to do. He says, no, no, no. Do it as though you're doing it for the Lord, not the boss. And honor them, right? Serve them all the time. Please them all the time when they're watching and when they're not watching. Verse 7, he says, work with enthusiasm. Man, we need that today in the workforce, don't we? Welcome to McDonald's, how I made it. I mean, I'm just playing. If you're at McDonald's, not everybody's that way. In fact, we've kind of paid attention, you know, the last few times we've gone to eat, you know, at the attitude of the waiters or the waitresses. And uh, there's something about the ones that have got an enthusiastic attitude about their job. Hi, how can I have you? It's just infectious, right? They usually get a bigger tip as well. So even when we're at work, you know, some of you are like, I hate my job, and it's the last thing I want to do. I want to hurry up and get away from that. What if we converted that time, that precious time, that we are obligated to? You know, if we have a job, you're like, I'm showing up. They're giving me a check. i got to do this. What if we did it sincerely and we did it, you know, to please them even when they're not looking? Just be a good employee. That'd be great in 2023, wouldn't it? I know people that hire that person. To work with enthusiasm and to do it, the work that you're doing, not for your person. It might be an idiot of a boss, but to do it as though you're doing it for the Lord and not for man. That stuff's good stuff right there, right? Redeeming the time, converting that precious, limited resource to something of value. Um, and I've just seen how God's worked through that as well. Um, I've seen people at no uh, well, dead-end jobs get offered really, really good jobs because of that right there. Just a great employee, great attitude, hard worker. God's watching, most importantly. And lastly, I'd say outsiders. We have plenty of scriptures that tell us, you know, how to... Uh, be careful to entertain strangers uh, because we may be entertaining angels unaware. There are times whenever we're busy in our schedules and we're just going and going and going. And you're like, man, I just don't need any distractions today. I got so much to do and so little time. And then inevitably an opportunity or something will pop up that will cause you to be challenged in that. And you're like, you know what? <sighs> Happened to me. Was it yesterday, Bron? Or the day before yesterday? Yeah. Driving around and see a little van broke down, hood up, flashers on, two little old ladies in it. And I drive by and I'm like, man, I am pressed for time. Yesterday, I'm pressed for time. I got so much. I got to get back to my study. I got things to do. And the Holy Spirit's like, turn around. Like, I don't want to turn around. Turn around. So I turn around, pull back up. They're out of gas. I'm like, there's a gas station literally right there. Just right there. So close. Oh, you have a gas jug? No, I don't have a gas jug. Oh, okay. So, go to the gas station, buy a very expensive gas jug. Don't ever buy your gas jugs at truck stops. Put some gas in it, go back, pour it in the tank. Hey, how much do I owe you? Nothing. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Yada, yada, yada. Opportunity. God's hands, God's feet. You never know in that moment what somebody needs. And God says, hey, I need you right now. I know you got your time, you got your schedule, but I need you to just push the pause button for a second because I, I got a job for you, and it's an easy job. How many know that'd be really cool if we could be more sensitive to things like that, opportunities? And here's the thing, when we do it for someone like that that we don't even know, that we might have felt inconvenienced to do it for, the Bible says you're doing it as though you're doing it for him. That's pretty cool. So here's what I want to consider. Is that if those 
resonate with you. I mean, of things of value that we can invest in in 2023, just to realize time is so limited and valuable that we should walk carefully by making the most of every opportunity. It's like this. Paul's almost saying without saying, like, when you don't walk with wisdom, when you don't make the most of every opportunity, you don't redeem the time, you're just carelessly going through life, it's like you're like the fool who has no accumulated knowledge and understanding. He's like, but here's the, here's the good news. You have it all if you have his word. Amen? Like, man, I know God's plan. I know his purpose for me. I know my future. I know who I am, my identity. All this is wrapped up right here. And it's like, based on what I know, this accumulated knowledge is like, okay, now go out and live on purpose, Shane. Go out and be who I've called you to be. Be my hands, be my feet, be my voice. Go out and make a difference. That's what I want to challenge us to in 2023. Not a list of things, but simply just recognizing how fragile time is and possibly maybe for you make a plan that'll, I don't know, help 2023 to be a better year. How many of you have one of these at your house? Not a drawer. <laughs> you can't see the this was a gift from my in-laws to Rachel when she turned 30, this, this uh, china cabinet. This is our junk drawer. How many got a junk drawer? Oh, oh yeah, right? And you know where they're at usually? They're close to a garage or they're close to the exit door. When you come to the house, things in your pocket just kind of fall by the wayside and they get raked off in a drawer. And you look through them. I mean, years later, you're like, what is all of this stuff? It's cluttered. Now, on the outside, it looks great. Like, everything's in order. Mm, not on the inside. And we're blessed enough with a big enough family. We got two junk drawers right next to each other. I had a choice of which one I wanted to bring today. With my wife's permission, of course, I am growing in wisdom. <laughs> Tool set. Pictures. My first love, Garmin, before Siri came along. What am I doing with her anymore? Like, she's old school, right? Every fourth grade parent's worst nightmare, the recorder. Ah, we're terrible years. Sorry, kids. You were learning. Cords. I'm like, what does this do? I got a box that has nothing in it. Why? Absolutely. I mean, old technology. I mean, I got keys. I have no clue where they go. It doesn't matter. It's in the junk drawer. That's what I do. But here's what I want you to see from this little silly illustration is just like this physical, literal junk drawer, we all have this in our lives, especially as it relates to time. Amen? So much junk in the junk drawer. You came into it, 2023, with a junk drawer. You may not know it, but it's there, and you're, you're like, man, I got so much junk in my life. I am so busy and so distracted. I got to declutter. I mean, no, that's a good thing, to declutter. Now, I'm not suggesting that that's your new resolution, and you go, Shane said to declutter the, the drawer, and that's what we're going to do. No, no, I'm talking spiritually, church. That's what I care about. You can have 10 junk drawers at home. I don't care. But spiritually speaking, in our lives, we have all this junk, all these things that distract us. They're not important. We may look good on the outside, get it all in order, but on the inside, we are a mess, y'all. And we got things in us that we've been holding on to for years of no value. And for some, that junk drawer is like, you know what? I've been holding on some unforgiveness for years. There's no value in that. In fact, it's a sin. I've been holding on to this bitterness for what happened to me years ago for years, and that's something in the junk drawer. There's zero value to bitterness. Amen? 
This hurt that I've been nursing that happened to me as a, as a kid. I've been, it's just in my junk drawer. I know I need to get rid of it, but can I just tell you that it's of no value? And maybe for us, it's just a matter of looking into the junk drawer of your lives and saying, God, what's in me? Search my heart. God, know the wicked ways of me. Lead me the way everlasting. What is it in my life that you want me to get rid of today? And maybe, just maybe, that's your 2023 focus. God, I want to declutter. I want to lay some things down. I want to rid the junk drawer in my life of some things that have zero value. And I want to redeem the time. I want to cash it in. I want to convert that time, the same amount of time that I've had every day, I want to convert that time to something of much more value. That last verse says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. That's the key. How do we not walk around like fools or without wisdom? It's like just understand what the Lord wants you to do. And the cool thing is, is he loves us enough that he's revealed that to us in his word. Right? He's not asking you to walk around aimlessly. Hey, good luck. And he's like, hey, I love you enough. I'm going to give you a roadmap. And he gives that to us. And so as believers, I believe that we are to understand that time is fleeting and valuable. And we should convert that time into something of value. We should cash it on, on the thing, cash it in on the things that count. Amen? So what does 2023 look like for you? And I don't know where you're at or what your specific need or challenge may be, but can I just inspire and challenge and encourage you and maybe wake you up to the idea that life is short? And you can repeat in 2023 the same junk in your junk drawer that you had in 2022 of zero value, and God's saying to you today, hey, declutter. What I got to give you is infinitely more valuable than any of that stuff that you're holding on to. That's the beauty in it. He is willing to say, hey, lay it down. Get rid of it. Trust me. He's worth more. Amen? So I would say this. Don't waste your time in 2023. I read a quote that says, don't waste your time or time will waste you. Don't waste your time in 2023. God, what are the things that are more valuable in life? I'm not suggesting that we can't have a little fun or that we don't do some things that are necessary, like somebody needs help. You're like, nope, God told me to not do this. I mean, not, I'm, he puts opportunities in front of us. Be sensitive to what he's leading us to do, but don't waste your time. Seize the moment. Redeem the time. Convert it to something of value. And I believe the biggest waste in this life, the biggest waste in this life, is to go through life without a personal relationship with Christ. Amen? It's like because he created us for a purpose. And we have a sin problem, and his answer to our sin problem is the gospel, is what Jesus did on the cross. And you hear us say all the time, the most important decision we can make is to place our faith in Jesus. That, my friend, is not a waste of your life. Because that is a gift and a blessing and a spiritual wealth that goes on and has a ripple effect into eternity. When this life is over, it's the hope that we have beyond this life into the next. Amen? So don't waste your life. Place your faith in Christ. Christians, you don't have to go through life cluttered distracted, put on a show for everybody else, the drawers closed, all they see is the front, you're like, they got their life in order. It's okay to be real and to say, my life is a wreck and I need to declutter. So God, would you help me to do that today? Would you help me to find the valuable things in my life? And let's start with God first. Maybe for you, that's your step. You're like, hey, Shane, I wanna, I wanna do that. I need, to, I need to do that. Some of you are like, hey, I'm not into technology. I hate that stuff. Great, pick up your Bible. It's like, I just need to get into God's word. Listen, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. But if you aim at something, you may fail in a month. But, man, for 30 days, you were into the Word of God. And that's cool. Amen? So, man, Happy New Year. 
want to encourage you, church. Listen, there's, this is not a negative, but hopefully just a challenge to us to go, wow, time is, is very precious. And I really need to consider that. And I'm not in the dark. Like the fools that don't have this knowledge, we, we understand God's plan. And I understand he's got a plan for each one of us. And so I want to seize the moment. I want to convert that time that's been given to me of something of value for his glory. Amen? Father, I ask that today, Lord, you would do some heart surgery in our hearts and our lives. God, I know that we are creatures of habit. And if we're not careful and if we're not challenged to reconsider our ways, that we'll just keep repeating the same thing over and over and over again. And I read somewhere that's the definition of insanity. Well, for 2023, Father, my hope is that me personally, I would just realize how much more precious this time is that you've given us, that we, we don't roll it over. Uh, it doesn't accumulate. We can't borrow it. We can't save it for a rainy day. It's just so fragile, so valuable to us. And because of that, Lord, we should make every opportunity to redeem the time. Lord, to cash it in on the things that count. Lord, to convert it to things that have infinitely more value. And so I pray, God, that you would just give us a hunger and a thirst for righteousness, that you would give us a desire to get to know you more. Lord, that we wouldn't make the excuses anymore that, well, we're busier than everybody else. they got the same amount of time that we've got, or they're just redeeming it. Give us the ability to just redeem that time and our own personal walk with you. Lord, that you would help us when we look at our family to not see as a burden or a frustration or just going through life, raising kids. But, God, we see an opportunity before us, Lord, to redeem time and, and, and that most valuable season of life and, and raise up the next generation of leaders. God, when it comes to work, Lord, I, I think that Christians should stand out in the workplace. I think that when people see us in the work environment, we should have a, a smile on our face and we should have an enthusiasm like nobody else because we should always be mindful that we're not doing it for the man. We're doing it as though we're doing it for you. God, would you help us to redeem the time in our workplaces? Lord, would you help us to redeem our time when it comes to opportunities that maybe we're not looking forward to or looking for, that those things that just last minute pop up as a, a need from a friend or even an outsider. Lord, the opportunities to be your hands and your feet in our community, in our churches, in our schools. Lord, today, would you please just wake us up to that truth that life is a vapor. It's here one moment, it's gone the next. And we should value that time, and we should redeem that time. And God, one day when we stand before you, and we'll look back, that we won't look back with regret. But God, we'll say, I spent every penny. Ever spent, I spent every penny of the, the time that you deposited into my account. God, for your glory. Lord, would you please speak to our hearts, challenge us to change. Uh, I humbly ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.